right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for another solo interview episode. Chuck and John will be back on Thursday. That should come out Thursday night, Thursday late afternoon. This is a bonus episode, so I'm not going to really plug anything except, you know, Patreon. Come on, hook us up. Patreon.com slash Fast Break Breakfast, and then uh, download that draft app, draft.com slash Fast Break. Play uh, Daily Fantasy Basketball, where I am uh, having a good time. I started finally playing against the public. It's much easier than playing against my listeners, as it turns out. Uh, you guys are getting gotten sharp, and it's, uh, it's hard to beat you with regularity. But anyway, download the draft app, draft.com slash Fast Break. I squeezed in an extra episode this week just because I wanted to talk to Tony, and the timing was good uh, with the Jazz playing on Wednesday night and him traveling. And we got some other guests in the works coming up, and, you know, I didn't want to sit on it and wait and maybe miss out. So anyway, extra episode this week. Thanks, you guys, for listening. Uh, hit us up, patreon.com slash Fast Break Breakfast. My guest today covers the Utah Jazz and the NBA for the Salt Lake Tribune and is a first-time guest on Fast Break Breakfast, Tony Jones. Tony, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, happy to have you. I first followed you on Twitter. I, I just researched this. I remembered. I couldn't remember who the player was. I'm pretty sure you broke that Jordan Adams had been cut by the Grizzlies after training camp a couple years ago. And my thought was, why is this Utah guy reporting who the Grizzlies cut in training camp? And you replied, like, it's all, you, it's all who you know, man. I'm like, all right, well, I want to know this guy. So uh, I, I followed you since then. I remembered that. Um, <laughs> and I remember what I remembered about that was there were a bunch of, of uh, Memphis Grizzlies fans that were like, Oh, this guy doesn't know anything. I don't worry about it. And, right. You know, the funny thing about it was I reported that way early. Like, I reported it, and he didn't get cut for about three or four more days. And they actually cut somebody else before they officially cut him. And it was just, and it was just one of those things. I was like, Grizzly fans were, like, really slandering me for, like, 72 <laughs> hours. And then he got cut, and then there were a whole bunch of Grizzlies fans that like followed me on Twitter. So it was fun. That was a fun. That was a fun time. I didn't. I didn't slander. I know, and I and I know this just because I just looked at the tweets. Uh, but there were people being like, "Why would the Why would the Salt Lake Tribune be breaking Grizzlies news?" And you know, you were like, "Hey, man, like, uh, check it out. He got cut." <laughs> um, right now, are you? Uh, are you traveling with a team? Are you in Oklahoma City? I am in Oklahoma City. Yes. All right. Well, we always start our episodes talking about breakfast. Have you had a, a breakfast in Oklahoma City? Are, are you at the Skirvin Hotel? Have you, have you had a haunted breakfast or anything? You know, I, I, I don't eat breakfast. Like, and here's the funny thing. Breakfast is by far, like by far, not even close. It is by far my, my, favorite, my favorite meal of the day because I love breakfast food. And it is by far the meal that I eat the least. <laughs> and it's just because of you know, proximity is because of my job, you know, whenever I get up, I mean, I, I literally have to get in the shower and, and go to where I want to, where, where do I have to go? And, and, and I, I never eat breakfast. So it's, it's both, um, breakfast is, is both something that I love and something that I never do. So yeah, that that's regrettable. 
Do you do uh, anything? Do you, do you get a cup of coffee? Or are you just drinking some water? You got anything? I've had two bags of Doritos today, so I don't know. <laughs> if I- <laughs> That's a, hey man, whatever whatever works for you. Um, well, right now the Utah Jazz uh, in the series, obviously with the Thunder, they lost game one in semi semi convincing fashion. Uh, for those of us who picked the Jazz to win, like like myself, uh, it, it was vaguely concerning. Yes, it's a long series, but uh, as someone who's around the team all the time, what is the feeling of the Jazz after losing game one and it not? really being that close? Well, you know, I don't think it was, here's the thing. I don't, I don't think it was semi, um, I, I don't, I don't think it was semi convincing fashion. I think I thought it was very convincing. Fashion. Okay. There you go. <laughs> I, I actually thought it was a butt kicking. Yeah. You know, I've watched, you know, I watched this jazz team, you know, for, you know, four years and, I don't think I've seldom, you know, seen them get handled like they got handled physically uh, on Sunday against OKC. You know, they jumped off to a 16-4 lead. Then after that, it was pretty much all Thunder. And, you know, the Thunder, they did whatever they wanted to do uh, to the Jazz in terms of their defense facing the Jazz's offense. You know, they, they, they knocked them out of what they wanted to do. And they were just basically you know, the more physical team. And, and I think that part is concerning. And I think um, trying to find a way to, to get Joe Ingles uh, free from, from Paul George, I think that, that part is going to be concerning as the series goes on. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the Jazz confidence-wise. I think that they're confident going into game two. Um, I think that they you know, know that they need to make some adjustments. I think they really know they need to play a lot more physical. And when I say more physical, you know, I don't mean, you know, trying to go out there and, and take people's heads off. I just think that they need to, to, to run their offense a lot harder than they ran it on Sunday. Um, or, you know, they're not going to be able to get into their offense. And I think that Oklahoma City, you know, they sped the Jazz up with their pressure defense. You know, they just took them out of what they wanted to do. Um, and I think that that was the, uh, the, the, the fear of the Jazz going in, that this was one of the teams that, that was physical and athletic enough uh, to do that to the Jazz, and it came to fruition on Sunday. So I think that that's, that's the first thing that they have to go and try to fix going in the game, too. Do you think they were surprised that Paul George spent most of his time just blanketing Joe Ingles? Do you think that was like a surprising twist for him or something? Yeah, I do. I actually do because I, I think that they counted on, you know, Paul George spending at least half his time on Donovan Mitchell. And I thought what Oklahoma City did, I thought it was a, a stroke of genius by by uh, Billy Donovan, which was, um, you know, what they did was they identified something with the Jazz. And, and here's what I mean by that. The Jazz's offense, has been so good lately, not because of Donovan Mitchell and by and, and you know not because of by what I mean not because of Donovan Mitchell. You know he's going to get his points. He's at this point right now where he's a good enough player that I don't. It kind of doesn't really matter who's going to guard him. He's going to go and get twenty points. Um, but the Jazz have been so good offensively because Joe Ingles 
has been getting into the lanes, running pick and roll with Rudy Gobert, you know, finding Rudy Gobert, finding other people, finding shooters in the corner. You know, if you look at um, Joe Ingles, his assist numbers, he averaged six assists a game in, in, in March, and he's averaged seven, over seven assists a game in April, over seven assists a game in April. And he had one assist uh, on Sunday night. And that took away a huge chunk of, of, of Utah's offense because it took away the ability to get everybody else involved and to do it efficiently. Um, you know, the box score is going to say that the Jazz had seven players in double figures, but to me that was just window dressing. Um, you know, I think what Billy Donovan did, you know, they, he conceded his points to Donovan Mitchell. And, you know, by taking Joe Ingles out of the offense, he kind of effectively blanketed everybody else. And I think that that, um, that, that was really a, a smart coaching move uh, from, from, from Billy Donovan in OKC. I had taken Joe Ingles in a daily fantasy basketball game. And when, like, Paul George started guarding him, I was like, oh, no. I was like, uh, Joe, Joe's not racking up the points and the assists that he had been uh, for me other times when I took him on this, uh, this game. So the Jazz had a great turnaround in the regular season. They started off really slowly. You know, Gobert was out. Once Gobert came back, they had a, just a fantastic turnaround. You know, they were one of the best teams in the league, one of the best net ratings in the league after Gobert's return. Even looking at their season as a whole, uh, like a place like Cleaning the Glass, that site rated them as the fifth best team in the NBA for the season based on their expected wins. Like a truly elite team, even though I think maybe nationally or among a casual fan, they don't think of a Jazz being an elite team. Um, before game one, what was your mindset when you viewed the Jazz? Did you view them as an elite team, as a team that could stand toe-to-toe with the best teams in the NBA? Well, I think there's a difference between regular season elite and playoff elite. And I think that, you know, the Jazz are, you know, I think if you ask me if the Jazz are, are close to contending for an NBA title, I would say, I would I, I would tell you that the Jazz needed one more piece. Like, I think they need one more guy who could just go and get buckets. Like, I think if, you know, they added maybe somebody like a Will Barton in free agency or somebody somebody that, that could just go and get 17, 18 points a game and you brought back the rest of this court. And I would tell you, yeah, they're they're close to they're close to, the, to to competing for an NBA title because they have, you know, everything that you need. Like they have a they have an elite defense. They have the best defense in the league. Um, they have a guy who I think is going to be a top 10 player in the league sooner rather than late, later in Donovan Mitchell. Um, you know, they have shooters, they have tough guys, they have wing defenders, they have, uh, they're athletic and, and they're long and, and they're deep and, and the guys like each other and, and a team that likes each other, that's not a small thing. Um, so, but I think that they need one more guy. Now, do I think that, you know, they can compete in this playoff series. I absolutely think they can. And do I think, you know, they're, you know, they, the, the 27 and five at, in the second half of the season, do I think that that was closer to that? That was kind of who they are. I mean, they proved that that was kind of who they are because, you know, they beat a lot of really good teams to, to get to 27 and five in the second half of the season. So, um, I, I think that, 
you know, it's it's a, a kind of a two-pronged answer. I, I do think that uh, the Jazz are a really, really, really good team. Um, I do think that they probably need one more piece, and but I don't think that they're that far away. It'd be tough if they took Will Barton on Nuggets fans. I don't think you guys should take any more uh, Denver players from them. I don't think it's worked out for them. I was them. just using it as an example. That's <laughs> all I was doing. <laughs> um, you mentioned Donovan Mitchell is close to being a top 10 player. Speaking of top 10 players, I believe I saw this from you on Twitter. I didn't engage. I just watched from afar. You were talking about Rudy Gobert and arguing for him as right now being a top 10 player in the NBA. And, and a lot of people were arguing with you saying like, that's, that's ridiculous and so on and so forth. So if, if I followed you correctly saying Gobert is either a top 10 player or, or close to being a top 10 player, uh, what was your argument in that assessment? Well, the argument is this. I mean, for if you look at how effective James Harden is offensively or how effective somebody like Steph Curry is offensively, and I think you've got to look at the other side of the coin and look at Rudy Gobert, and that's how good he is defensively. Um, you know, he's the best defender in the league, you know, by far, or at least he had, or at least he was this year. Um, and he's an elite rebounder. He's an elite finisher. He's an elite screen setter. I think people who thought that, I think people look at Rudy Gobert and they say, well, you know what? You can't throw it to him on the block. He can't be a top 10 player or you, you know, he's, he can't hit a three pointer. He can't be a top 10 player. But if you look at everything that he can do, He's a you know double double every night. Um, a guy who basically changes the way that you play off, have to play offense. Um, you know the, his impact. I mean, if you look at his impact night to night basis, I, I think he's pretty easily a top ten player. So, like, if you're starting a team, would you take him over a guy like like Carl Anthony Towns or, or Demarcus Cousins? I guess Demarcus Cousins is a bad example because he's too controversial. But you're saying like you would put him alongside other like elite young guys who who can score the basketball based on his defensive ability. Well, I, I put it to you like this: uh, I think, I think Rudy Gobert yeah. and Joel Embiid are neck and neck. I think, I think, and and that's how much I think of Rudy Gobert because I think Joel Embiid is just I think he's phenomenal. Um. I, I wouldn't even come close to taking Carl Anthony Towns over over Rudy Gobert. I wouldn't even think about it. And the only the only big man that that I would say no no question I would absolutely take him over Rudy Gobert. The only big man yeah. I would say that about is Anthony Davis. And anybody else, you know, I, I, I you know I think I think Joel Embiid is 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 up there. I think that he's on that same level. Like if you compare Rudy Gobert and Joel Embiid and you want to take Joel Embiid, you know, I would be like, Oh, okay. That's a, that's a, you know, I don't agree with that take. I think it's neck and neck, but I can see that. But like Carl Anthony Towns, Nikola Jokic, Demarcus Cousins, um, you know, any other big man that you can think of, I, w- I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even think of taking him over Rudy Gobert in terms of, if I was starting a team and, and building a team. 
Yeah, I, that really intrigues me. And I feel like I kind of lean that way. It's one of the fun questions or fun things to debate about basketball. Because I feel like for so long, and especially myself as a Grizzlies fan and always arguing a guy like Tony Allen, who was like my favorite NBA player, like where does where does the defensive, you know, how does the defensive ability and offensive ability match up in importance for producing wins. And so because of the Jazz having such a great defense and winning, part of that like appeals to my my Grizzlies fandom where I'm pulling for the Jazz and I also kind of lean into the arguments where people are like it's better to have like a like like a, a Royce O'Neal type guy who can't really even score because you know it's more damaging to have a really bad defender and a okay offensive player than an okay offensive player and a really bad defender. Um debating which things are more important. So I'm glad you're out there fighting the fight for, uh, for your guy, Gobert. Cause I, I don't, I don't know the answer. Like, it's hard for me to think like, would I rather have, uh, like even someone as good as like Giannis Antetokounmpo where like, he's great. And Rudy Gobert doesn't do things that are that as maybe flashy or exciting. Like he doesn't have a handle. He can't create his own offense, but maybe he impacts winning in a better way maybe like a less sexy way a less you know uh house of highlights type way but he's getting the w's and so uh, i do like that another guy that helps the jazz get the w's obviously is donovan mitchell uh who's banged up right now what's the uh what's the report on donovan mitchell's health well i mean officially he's questionable for for game 2 um unofficially I can't imagine him not playing. Uh, I think, you know, the, the question, the question is more of how close to a hundred percent will he be? And can he be Donovan Mitchell? And, and that's the million dollar question. And the, and the jazz really need him to be Donovan Mitchell because they're facing a team that, that, you know, that's going to overplay them and, 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 and pressure the heck out of them. And they're going to, need to beat people off the dribble and and Donovan Mitchell is the guy that could just go ahead and beat people off the dribble and, and, and create. And, you know, if they don't, if, if he's limited and, and can't get into the lane and, you know, can't be Donovan Mitchell, then, you know, the jazz, their chances of winning a series greatly diminish. So, but if he's, you know, 90%, you know, close to it and he's the same, the same explosive guy, uh, then he, you know, the Jazz have a, the Jazz will have a, a better chance. So Mitchell is having an incredible rookie season, especially even more remarkable considering where he was drafted. It's not often you get one of the best rookie seasons I can remember from a guy drafted not even you know in the top five. Uh, is is he your rookie of the year? I know it seems like it's hard not to be biased as someone who covers the Jazz, but uh, do you think uh, would you vote for him over Ben Simmons? Well, I did. I mean, and, and it has nothing to, you know, it wasn't hard for me not to be biased. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't hard for, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't biased or anything, but I did vote for him. Yeah. And the reason why I did was because, you know, statistically, uh, this was the hardest Western Conference uh, to get into a playoff and since 2001. It was the first time statistically that, you know, we went into, you know, the last week of the season and there, there were no playoff matchups set. Um, and um, in terms of, you know, you had the ninth place team, which was uh, Denver would have been the sixth, 
would have been the sixth place team in the Eastern Conference. So you add that, and then you look at what Donovan Mitchell did. He became the first rookie since Carmelo Anthony in 2003 to lead a a playoff team in scoring. So for him to shoulder that kind of a load, um, be the unquestioned number one offensive option, and for for the Jazz to to get into the playoffs and get the number five seed in this Western Conference, um, that that to me kind of tilted the scales. Um, I thought that Ben Simmons was phenomenal. Uh, I think he's a remarkable player. Um, you know, but I, I you know I think that accomplishments mean a lot uh, in terms of how I vote for some of these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for instance, I voted last year, I voted James Harden MVP over Russell Westbrook. You know, of course, Russell Westbrook became, you know, the first person since Oscar Robinson, the average of triple double, but, you know, James Harden had almost as good a year statistically and he did it on a team with 10 more wins. Gotcha. And, you know, you know, I think, um, for for what the Jazz accomplished with Donovan Mitchell as their best offensive player, um, I thought that that was was rookie of the year worthy, and that's why I voted for Donovan. It's a great case. I de- I watched a lot more Donovan Mitchell, and I definitely fell in love and was like, this guy. It's it's amazing the stuff he's pulling off. What's your uh, what was your favorite? Do you have a favorite Donovan Mitchell memory or moment of the season? You know, I I. I I don't know if it was a favorite moment, but it was it was definitely a watershed moment. And ironically, it came against Oklahoma City, and it came in, in, in December. And this was after he – this was kind of like, okay, he had had a month of kind of breaking out. And, and you know, it, it was to the point where, okay, you know, teams are starting to notice a little bit. He's starting to make his way to the top of people's scouting reports. And, and the Jazz went to Oklahoma City. And, you know, Donovan Mitchell faced Paul George and Andre Roberson. And um, Andre Roberson is, to me, the, the best perimeter defender in the league. And obviously he got hurt. And he was out for the season. He was out for the season. But, you know, Donovan Mitchell scored 30 in that game. And that's when I was like, okay, this this kid is for real. Like, you know, the Thunder threw Andre Roberson at him and, and he still, you know, gave him 30. Because Andre Roberson is, is, I mean, he's he's an elite defender. And and I thought that, you know, for, for Donovan Mitchell to, to be able to go ahead and and, and do that to, to, to the guy that I think is, was, is the best perimeter defender in the league, that that's when I was like, okay, this is no fluke. This is this isn't a hot streak. You know, this 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 guy is for real. That's great. I definitely I definitely remember that game. All right, last question: uh, When you play pickup basketball, Tony, what is your basketball playing style, or who who is your like your doppelganger as far as playing style? Ah, <laughs> that's. <laughs> um, I'm I'm not gonna reach too high. Okay, I'm gonna say Chris Paul. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. I'm not gonna reach too high at all. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go out of. I'm not gonna go out of my zone. Are you? Uh, are, um, are you barking at your teammates? Are you getting them in the right spots? I, I've barked a, a <laughs> few times, but you know, I. I mean, I. 
I'm a, I'm a guy who I'm, I'm a great passer. Um, a little slower than I used to be. Um, but I'm a, a great shooter. Um, I'm still a really good offensive player. Um, I don't defend like I used to or at all anymore. <laughs> um, and yeah, so, you know, that, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the book on me right now. That's pretty good. That's impressive. That's a, that's a strong book. I'm i I'm like a, I'm like a gangly, uh, Al Farouk Aminu or something like the worst version of that. Uh, a very bad Tayshaun Prince. There is, there is no worse version of Alpha Rucamino because Alpha Rucamino is the worst version of himself. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's a good note to end on. Uh, Tony, thanks for finding time for me uh, to come on the show. Uh, tell people where they can uh, follow you and read your stuff. Uh, you can follow me at Trib Jazz, T R I B J A Z Z. And I really appreciate you uh, having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. I'm uh, I'm very biased. I am pulling for the Jazz hard, and I want the Thunder to lose horribly. That's my that's my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tony. Well, I, I know you guys have had have had 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 uh, your playoff battles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Say, so. I do. I do. Yeah. I do have a have a checkered history as a Grizzlies Thunder fan. Not so much Jazz. So uh, I can I can pull for you guys uh, without any uh, moral quandary. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right, thanks to Tony for that quick hitter. Follow him on Twitter, at Trip Jazz. Uh, he also wrote a, a really good article about Royce O'Neal that I read today that was uh, definitely worth checking out. You can support our show at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Download the draft app, draft.com slash fastbreak. Use that code fastbreak. You can follow me on Twitter at fastbreakbreak. Like us on Facebook. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, never apologize for being GNG. Fab break, break, man. You understand?